Welcome to the Zen of Everything, a Zen take on life, love, laughter, and everything else. With Jundo Cohen, a real Zen master. That's me. And Kirk McElhern, that's me, a guy who knows a bit about Zen. Good morning, Jundo. How are you today? Give me a second here. I just dropped my body and my mind, and they're under the desk here. Let me look. How do you do? Th- how do you drop your Wait body and mind? Wait a second. I got my body back, but my mind's still gone. Wait a second. Oh, okay. I found it. All right. I've got them back. I have uh, recovered. Dogen never talked about recovering your body and mind. He only talked about dropping them. But I guess after you drop them, you can get them back too. So I have found my body and mind. Good. Good to hear. Yes. So today we wanted to talk about a. A phrase in Dogen's work, he talks about dropping body and mind or dropping away, dropping off. And we'll get to the terminology of the translation and all that. The Japanese is shinshin datsuraku. And it's a very important element in Dogen's teaching, the fact that when you're sitting shikintaza zazen, you can sometimes drop off or drop away your body and mind. And for Dogen, it was a sort of enlightenment experience when he uh, first had that, isn't it? Well, yeah, that's that's the whole thing. This is uh, his main uh, expression of what one is to uh, experience or or realize during zazen, and it may all we got to get this right at the beginning. It may all be um, a misunderstanding on Dogen's part, or uh, maybe his Chinese wasn't so good, or maybe uh, he kind of just uh, invented it himself. But uh, do you know about that? Yeah, I know. There's a question that there might have been a typo. But well, let me start by reading an excerpt from the Shobogenzo, from the Genjo Koan in the Shobogenzo. This is the translation um, overseen by Kaz Tanahashi. To study the way of enlightenment is to study the self. To study the self is to forget the self. To forget the self is to be actualized by myriad things. When actualized by myriad things, your body and mind, as well as the bodies and minds of others, drop away. No trace of enlightenment remains, and this no trace continues endlessly. Yeah, I was going to read it, but you, you, you read it for me. That is, uh, that is one of the uh, best descriptions by Dogen of the importance of um, dropping body and mind, and it is what we're going to uh, be talking about today. And when you understand um, what uh, Dogen was getting at, I think a lot of uh, our Zen practice uh, becomes clear. Uh, but we, ha- we have to, you know, be honest about a couple of things. Number one, not everyone is sure what Dogen meant because it's very subjective. What did me- Dogen mean? And you will get various experts and teachers uh, offering slightly different interpretations of this. So I don't want to claim that Jundo's way is the way. But the other thing is that it may be based on a misunderstanding. And can we can we cover that right at the top? Yes, let's, because could it be, uh, I believe it's two characters that are written the same and pronounced differently or pronounced the same and written differently? Is that what it is? Well, that's the, the thing. Now, now, you know, Dogen went to China and he didn't really speak Chinese. He certainly wasn't a native. And uh, he went to China, and uh, of course, he read beautiful Chinese. 
because the Japanese and the Chinese use the same script. But the pronunciation, uh, you know, if you could imagine you going to France and, and trying to understand French, if you're not a very good French speaker, his experiences of Japanese in China would be much the same. Now, he met a wonderful teacher named Zhu Qing in uh, a part of China where they may have had a, even a, a heavy accent. Yes, because China is not a monolithic country with a single dialect, not today and not back in Dogen's time. Right. And actually, the Chinese back then was different, was different. But they didn't have, you know, the YouTube or the or 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 good ways to learn language. Maybe uh, they didn't even have podcasts back then. They didn't even have podcasts. And maybe uh, Dogen, before he went to China, studied a little. There were Chinese people in Japan. Maybe he practiced a little, but he just would not have spoken native level Chinese in any way when he was in China. But they did write in the script. You know, if I didn't understand something, I could write something and show it to you, and they could communicate in writing. So this makes me think that this was actually not just a hearing misunderstanding, because he could check what was being written. It's such an important phrase. Yeah. He must have... It, the, the, the characters would have been so different. His teacher, Zhu Qing, probably said, dropping off the dust from mine. Yes. Which is... A much more traditional interpretation where your mind is filled with dust and impurities and you, you clean it, you sweep it away. Yeah. And Dogen spoke of Shinjin Datsuraku, pronounced about the same way, which is dropping off body and mind. Was it a misinterpretation by Dogen? Was it a misunderstanding? Was it in fact what his Chinese teacher taught? It's a mystery, but this is what we got. Or did Dogen take it further than his Chinese teacher providing a terminology that is actually more appropriate? I think that. I think that. Whatever he did, whatever he did, it's, it's beautiful and brilliant, and it works. It works, at least in my life, it works for a lot of people I know, as opposed to clearing away the dust from your mind. To, to drop the body and mind is a beautiful expression of Zazen. And when you Want to ask me why? Why is it such a beautiful expression of Zazen? I'm glad you asked. Now, it's because what the mind and body want. The mind is the thing that always is thinking and judging and demanding and dissatisfied. And when that softens in our Zen practice, or all the judging and demanding and friction and dissatisfaction kind of drops away. That is the dropping away of mind. And the body does the same. The body wants and lusts and hungers. And when that softens, and there's a kind of peace and equanimity of the body, that's dropping away the hungers of the body. That's dropping away the body. And because we believe it's all one thing, it's dropping away body and mind. Let me read another quote. There is also Zazen in which body and mind, or body-mind, are dropped away. The mind is spacious, the body is stable and balanced. The hard borders between the self and the rest of life soften and sometimes fully drop away. Yeah. Brilliant quote. Yeah. Who said that? <laughs> it wasn't Dogen? No, it was you, obviously. Oh, gee. This is from the Zen Master's Dance. And, and the way you're presenting it is... With Dogen, this is like an enlightenment experience. And the way you're presenting it, this is an experience that can happen to anyone when they're sitting Zazen. And yet this kind of fits with Dogen's idea of practice realization, doesn't it? The fact that 
both practice and realization happen at the same time when you sit zazen. Exactly. I, that's why I talk about the hard borders of self in the world, the frictions softening and sometimes fully drop away. Because you can actually have an experience where your sense of self and the rest of the world becomes so, shall we say, interflowing and interidentical that you truly don't know where you start and the world ends and there is no start or end. It's, it's, a, it's a, that kind of experience. But much more, how should we say, practical and handy is to say a softening where we're still in this world of my body and its needs and my mind and its judgments and desires, but it softens and, and yet somehow has dropped away. So the, in that case, the world is dissatisfying, yet not. Okay, I want to just go into terminology because different translators use different words for this. And I was thinking about it. The, the reason this came to me is uh, a new book by Stephen Hine called Dogen, Japan's Original Zen Teacher. Um, discusses Dogen's life and it discusses his works. And Stephen Hine uses the phrase casting off as yeah. opposed to dropping off. And I was thinking about this. Casting sounds like an action, like you've been fishing, you cast, you throw something. It sounds like a physical action. Yeah, I don't. I'll link in the show notes to an essay by Stephen Hine called Dogen Casts Off What? An Analysis of Shinjin Dataraku. And let me just read one paragraph. The phrase casting off suggests an activity characterized by decisiveness and dedication beyond the automatic nature of molting or the ordinariness of shedding. Earlier in the essay, he talks about the possibility of molting or shedding being uh, possible terms. He goes on, yet even this rendering must be qualified because the decision of Datsuraku is one of discarding. Its impact is a matter of release and its immediacy lies in unburdening. As Zhujing indicates, Datsuraku does not result in the attainment of a new state, such as enlightenment or Buddhahood, but the removal of ignorance and attachment. It is the act not of maintaining or acquiring, but of letting go. Therefore, letting cast off may be the most precise, if somewhat stilted, translation. I like that, letting cast off, because the, the, the character is dots, dots. Ask me what's dots. What's dots? <laughs> dots is... What you drop away and a little bit casting off, it's, and it falls away. It's got a little bit of all of that. So some days in Zazen, you just sit so quietly that it just falls away. And that's dots. And other times you may have to, how to say, be a little more dedicated. And, and, and it, do we say we let go? There's a little more of an active part. But I don't like casting off so much because that's a little too aggressive. I like yeah. when we sit very, very still, it just falls away. Yeah. Uh, just another quote from the article by Stephen Hine. Datsuraku is composed of dots, which means to remove, escape, extract, and raku, to fall, scatter, fade. Raku implies a passive occurrence that happens to someone or something, as in the scattering of leaves by the breeze or the fading of light at dusk. And I like that image, the fading of light at dusk, that it's just, it's just slowly slipping away. It softens, it falls away. The point is it gets away, it's away. That's the point. Yeah. Okay, so why is this so important? So we've talked about that this, Dogen describes his enlightenment experience like this, and you describe that this happens in Zazen. This is not something we have to strive for, because... If we try to drop away the body and mind, then it won't happen, right? We have to 
allow the body and mind to drop off. I, I'm, I'm actually convinced that there are people like the Rinzai people who have to focus on their koan because maybe they, they need to focus so intently and really strive in order to finally give up and let it drop away. Okay, fair point. So I'm not saying, again, my way is the highway. I'm not going to say that. But in my way of sitting, you sit and you give up the effort and you sit in such equanimity and such wholeness that the body and mind, I like to say, are put out of a job. Mm, okay. There, the body finds in the completeness of Zazen that there is nothing more to hunger for. And it feels fulfilled just by sitting. And when you get up and you get and the body and mind get back to life with all its frustrations and little problems and big problems, you still find that same satisfaction and equanimity and peace of the body and mind dropped away, even when we get back to life and have picked it up again. Yet the body and mind don't go anywhere. They've just become peaceful. They've just taken a few steps back, right? You you can go into such a trance that perhaps you no longer have some sensation of body and mind. It is possible to do that kind of meditation, but I don't think that that is what Dogen was, was speaking of. You can, in, in this life, while still with a body, you can experience something free of the body's demands. And while still with a mind, and even with thoughts, you can experience something beyond the mind's hunger and its, its constant thoughts, its constant uh, dividing of the world into pieces. You, you experience this wholeness. Let me, let me uh, tell you another section from the Genjo that's just beautiful. To carry the self forward and illuminate the myriad things is delusion. Now, that's a, a, a traditional translation of that. But I would kind of paraphrase it. I looked at that very closely, and I would say it more this way. To push yourself forward and impose upon the myriad things of life is delusion. In other words, to demand that life be the way that you want, that the world satisfy yourself, is delusion. But when you just let the myriad things come forth, let them be as they are, and illuminate the self, that's awakening. In other words, don't start trying to get a stranglehold on life and making it like you want. Just let life flow in and be as it is. That's awakening. That is what I think is meant by dropping the self's will to impose on life and just letting it all flow in and merge together. It's beautiful. Yeah, and this comes back to what your the other quote, the hard borders between the self and the rest of life soften and sometimes fully drop away. That's right. It, it's, it's the sort of merging with life instead of being separate from life. Well, I, you know, another way to look at this, we're always merged with life, but it's the brain that divides it into pieces and makes us think we're separate. Did I blow your mind? Right. So, so again, from the Stephen Hine quote, it's the removal of ignorance and attachment. Exactly. It's not that we're doing something to do it, it's that we're allowing something to be removed, to have a weight taken off of us, to have a shroud taken off of us. And, and the idea of shedding body and mind, I think, is interesting, but Stephen Hines says that's not right because if a snake sheds its skin, a new skin grows, that sort of thing. It's, it's kind of like, I don't know, you take off all your clothes, that kind of thing, and all of a sudden, it's just you. We're not going to do that on the podcast, no. Yeah, and uh, no, no, let's keep our, our clothes on. But 
here we you know we can realize even while we're in our clothes that we're still naked we can realize even as we feel like separate beings in this world that there is a wholeness that we just are too you can you can have your kind of uh, cake and eat it too this is one of the brilliance of the practice you don't to drop away body and mind you can also keep them at the same time and uh, when you realize that the division and frictions and problems of life even life and death and this other um taste in which there's just wholeness not even birth and death there's not really death because nothing is so separate to come and go and when you realize they're just two faces of of the same that's a, a beautiful freedom so dogen talks about this as a sort of enlightenment i don't remember the exact story he was sitting zazen no he doesn't talk about a sort of he talks about it as enlightenment okay not as a sort of okay <laughs> so he was sitting zazen with a couple of people and i think his teacher Jing said something to one of the monks next to him and that's what set off dogen is that what's that the story yeah he hit the guy next to him with a slipper and said don't fall asleep <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then they made a, a movie about Dogen, in which Dogen at that point proceeds to have a vision of a giant peak lotus flower that takes him up into the sky, which is the, a wonderful movie about Dogen, but one of the worst corniest scenes. I don't know what Dogen experienced there, because the exaggerated stories about the experience were written centuries later. Sure, Dogen actually did not make a big deal about that moment or that experience. He never said there was a pink lotus or any other amazing thing. He went into his teacher's room and said, I got it. Body and mind dropped away. And then the teacher said, dropped away, body and mind. And they kind of winked at each other. That was it. <laughs> there was no, no, how to say, explosions, fireworks, you know. Trumpets and no you trumpets. Know, angels. Yeah. A few centuries later, they wanted to juice up the story. So guys wrote biographies with the, the marching band and, and the angels <laughs> in the sky and all this. So it may have been a very, very subtle experience, but Dogen was relieved. And this is what happens in Zazen. Sometimes you're looking for something intense, pushing, 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 like we were saying, pushing on the world to try to get it to your, I want to get enlightenment, I want to get enlightenment. And you just get up, give up. And it's just so subtle and simple. And somehow you go, oh, I guess if I stop fighting, that's what it's all about. I let my mind drop away, just stop its constant fight and dissatisfaction, and my body is just satisfied. Oh, it's this simple. I think it was something like that, which we got to discuss before we end today. This body-mind thing yes. is yes. very important. And in fact, in the quote from your book, you say, there is also Zazen in which both body and mind parenthesis, or body-mind are dropped away. So what do you mean by body-mind? Well, we usually feel that body-mind is one thing in uh, Zen uh, practice, but I think even most uh, medical uh, physiologists uh, would agree that the mind and body are, if they're not the same, they are so intimately interconnected that uh, basically the body has even brain of its own running all through your nerves and your stomach. There's, the brain is not just between your ears, but the brain is completely dependent on the body. Brain and body, mind and body are not two. But Dogen makes a, a very interesting point in a, a book uh, section of his Shobo Genzo called Zanmai o Zanmai, in which there may actually be differences between dropping away body, dropping away mind, and dropping away body-mind. 
Can I read this little uh, section? and Yes, please. And then we'll discuss it. Okay. This being said, there is sitting of the mind, which is not the same as sitting of the body. There is sitting of the body, which is not the same as sitting of the mind. There is sitting of the body and mind dropped away, which is not the same as sitting of the body and mind dropped away. We got to talk about what that means. To have attained the state like this is the accordance of the practice and realization of the Buddhas and ancestors. I think it means... So my take on this is the sitting of the body is you're totally relaxed, but your mind's racing. The sitting of the mind can be that your mind is relaxed, but your knee still hurts and you feel it. Yeah, that that could be, uh, that's a beautiful interpretation. I don't think that's wrong at all. But I'm going to tell you one other aspect of Dogen's practice. I've, I've kind of gotten uh, to know Zen teachers who are kind of, how to say, more sportsmen than I am. My teacher, Nishijima, was a runner too. Yeah. They have a very physical way of looking at this that is where they see Zazen as kind of a, being not dissimilar to being in the zone. Right. The, the runner's high, they sometimes call it, when you've been running for a long time and all of a sudden you're dropping away your body and mind, yet you're still running. Right. I, I don't need it. The, the high part is not necessarily so important, but you do lose a, your sense of a separate self and there's such harmony between the body and what you're doing. And Zazen, as Master Dogen designed it, was not just sitting on the cushion, but it was this very physical practice of all our day, including cleaning and cooking and going to the bathroom and working in the garden and all these physical activities. And I think if you pour yourself like into a dance, uh, therefore my book, Zen Master's Dance, if you pour yourself into a dance with the body, you lose yourself and find yourself again in the dance. You lose yourself in the dance and you find yourself as the dance. That's the uh, whole uh, thing of the book right there. That was Master Dogen's very physical practice of the body. And when you're sitting Zazen, though, and it's more a mental thing of the mental thoughts and demands and hungers dropping away, that's dropping away the mind. And when you put the two together, you have dropping away of body-mind. But then you have this weird sentence here. There is sitting of the body and mind dropped away, which is not the same as sitting of the body and mind dropped away. To be honest, it's kind of a weird sentence. What did Dogen mean there? Dogen has a lot of those things, doesn't he? Do, do we know yeah. what the... Are there different characters in the two parts of the sentence? Do we know that? No, no, not two characters. So I can only guess knowing Dogen, it would, might mean something like, just thinking about what it is is not the, sense, the same as actually experiencing and doing it. Something like that. So we're sitting here talking about it, but you actually got to do it. So sitting here and talking about what is sitting... Uh, uh, or dropping away body and mind is not the same as actually dropping away body and mind. So this is like we're we're sitting here talking about like what is vanilla ice cream or what is swimming. Man, you either gotta you gotta taste the ice cream, you gotta jump in the pool, something like that. So guys, don't when this podcast is done, go sit zazen and experience dropping away body mind. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe in iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. Please give us a rating. Tell your friends. You can check out past episodes at our website, zen-of-everything.com. Thanks for listening.